Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Also, like, when any romantic partner is like, we need to talk, it's, like, almost never good. Yeah. We need to talk. I love you more every day. Yeah. <laughs> I like to do it sometimes just to, like, take the power out of the word. Like, we need to talk and <laughs> then go, just be look. like, what do you want for dinner tonight? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I should do that. It would make me, like, less anxious, maybe. Yeah. Jumpy, so then I it just becomes just a normal it. thing. And then it really catches you off guard when it's something terrible and serious. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Welcome to Here to Make Friends. I mean, look, we'd love to have a little banter up top here like usual, but honestly, there's no time. We have to cover four hours of Bachelorette here. We have to go from eight guys down to three. We have to talk about a mental all that was held in some sort of hermetically sealed chamber and a hometown episode that was held not in anyone's hometown, but on the exact same vacant Palm Springs resort where the cast has spent the entire season. We have to talk about the Top Chef and Bachelorette crossover episode finally happening. And we have to introduce our wonderful guest, great friend of the pod, Aaron Dark, who will be going through all of it with us. Thank you so much for joining us, Aaron. Um, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I mean, what an episode, like the best final four, I personally think maybe in Bachelorette history. I'm going to make that bold claim. Um, But we have, we have a lot to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Cast your minds back to Monday night. Um, It's hard to remember. It's distant. Uh, A lot of things have happened since then. But if you can recall, uh, we re-enter this week right after Bennett's surprise reappearance outside Tasha's door. That is how much ground we covered this week. Um, the mean, morning after yeah. Bennett's surprise declaration of love after being eliminated, Tasha is trying to regroup. She's overwhelmed. She's at sea. She has so many guys left, and she has to get down to four for hometowns. Um, Chris Harrison knocks on the door. Remember, he went to take his son to college, 
feels like less than four weeks ago, so I'm not sure about the quarantine situation there. Yeah, I think it, it may be a couple days and a, and a few tests. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. they're doing. I think they're doing a, a short quarantine testing ritual. Yeah, this was before the White House super spreader events uh, sort of revealed the shortcomings of the rapid test strategy. <laughs> um, and so Tasha is kind of getting her ducks in a row. She's like. Honeymoon phase is over. I had to make some tough decisions. Sent home Damar, Easy, Bennett, Ed. Uh, sure, that one wasn't super tough. Um, and Chris is like, you know, at a certain point, you're splitting hairs. These are really great guys. You could end up with any of them and be happy. Just like pick out of a hat. That's how <laughs> marriage works. You just commit your life to whatever mediocre non-terrible bozo walks into your life at the right time. You're just like, really, any of them, any of them. Legal document, sign it, no big deal. Yeah, he's like, you'll be equally happy with Bennett as you would with Ivan. The the same same man. Definitely (laughs) seems like the exact same life. They're all the same. The question of happiness in a relationship is like, is your partner a great person? If yes, you will be happy. If no... You won't be happy. It's a binary sort of thing. But Tasha wants to find someone she's like really in love with. So she has to continue with this process Tasha. and not just find Tasha. <laughs> <laughs> so the first date this week is Blake's one on one. It's finally arrived. I forgot are- Blake was still there. <laughs> like, this is how much my mind has gone through in the last 48 hours. I'm like, oh, right, Blake. She did have a one on one with him. This whole date to me felt like so sped through like they were like okay we all everyone knows she's not gonna end up with him just like give a few clips of you know this reiki master doing her thing and then like send Blake on his way yeah I mean Blake's fate was sealed I think as Tasha kind of nods to later when he introduced himself to her by saying he was still into Claire which is (laughs) while understandable not a strong start for a relationship, especially when they're on this accelerated timeline and she has a bunch of great guys who are really excited about her. Like, how much time is she supposed to spend winning over one of the guys who is still into someone else? It's simply not how the format of the show works. Um, but Blake has decided that he's really all in for Tasha, And Tasha's like, look, we don't really know each other. Or have strong feelings for each other. But, like, I guess it would be nice to find out more about him <laughs> before he goes on. I think that Blake's maybe charming. I think that Blake's maybe, like, a charming person to be in a room with. So she was like, I don't know. Maybe. Why yeah. not? Why not have the sure. date, you know? Um, I mean, look, he has that, like, Canadian pleasantness about him. So I'm sure that that's, that's just, like, nice energy to be around. Yeah, they do some crystal uh, exercises. They smash a rock with a hammer and each take a piece. Um, And then Gita has them disrobe um, and ultimately has Tasha sit on Blake's lap for a tantric breathing exercise to test their connection, which is a favorite ritual of uh, bachelorette dates. Um, It's certainly not the first time. While in the past it's been effective, I think this is when we saw Jojo and Chase first kind of spark um, Tasha's just like, yeah, the more I sat there and gazed into his eyes, the more I was like, fuck no. <laughs> like, this is not the guy for me. 
<laughs> and on the other hand, Blake is like, this is my chance. I guess I just have to say that like, she's the one for me and like I need her to come to my home and so he tries to sort of like launch into a whole thing and Tasha's just like no <laughs> I think it's time to go our separate ways like it's not that you're not great it's just please leave yeah <laughs> it's one of those conversations like a state of the union where he's like what I have to do is be positive and he's like yeah that was fantastic I have zero doubts and she's like really because yeah I have a lot of doubts and in fact I'm sure about one thing which is I want us to not date anymore um and Blake is is pretty shocked by this somehow um (laughs) despite again the fact that like he really hasn't done that much to win her over except to tell her that she needs to win him over um and so she says goodbye to him she walks him out she's like the timing was off for us I don't think I can get there and in that this wasn't a time like any time in life when we probably would have fallen in love. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if we'd met at any other moment, we would probably. <laughs> I mean, with Tasha, I almost believe it because I she has such a capacity to like connect with people and find what they share and find what she loves about them that like more than most leads. I almost believe that she could genuinely end up married <laughs> to most of them <laughs> under the right circumstances. Whereas, I mean, like, I someone, do... like, who hates everyone, like Claire, yeah. which I really, I also, a Claire, hate everyone. Like, it's much easier <laughs> to discern who you should be married to. But, like, Tasha's really like, Tasha's like, now that I have better options, I can see that we're wrong for each other. Yeah, I mean, it's like, this is why it's good for Tasha to have all these options, because you really, you need the contrast if you're too generous-spirited of a person. Right, or else you, like, end yeah. up with John Paul Jones, and that's your <laughs> life. So, you know, this has been, I think this has been a good exercise for Tasha. We also see her, like, really start to break down when she sends people home, and I was like, oh, man, like, Tasha just, like, hates hurting people, and it's, like, so obvious how how bad she feels like in her the depths of her soul for like making any man like a little bit sad which honestly I relate to as someone who like needs everyone to like me and be pleased with me all the time um yeah so yeah this was the beginning of that she like really breaks down but like personally it was time for Blake to go like on to the next it is kind of wild to see her breaking down over Blake because you're just like (laughs) really like did you want him to stay like it doesn't seem like it that's why it feels so unspecific to him and more like a quality about Tasha not wanting people to feel bad yeah yeah because Blake was also like one of I feel like the few guys left who didn't seem to have opened up in any really deep personal way either like I can see with some of like it's obviously coming with Riley with some of the other guys they'd shared really deep personal stuff and so I can also see being like oh it sucks to have to send you home now and I don't want you to think that you shouldn't keep being vulnerable but Blake like he made a sculpture of a penis during art <laughs> class like oh my god I forgot so, about that that's so right wow. that's exactly it. like yeah. you, you, it, there's no sense to us as viewers that he's like entrusted her with anything that she would feel yeah. like she's betraying um, and but then that brings us like, to someone else. I, I mean, Tasha. this is where the bloodbath really begins. Tasha's like, now that I've dumped one person, it's 
time to dump more people. Like, let's just rip this Band-Aid off. I know who I want to send home. And and I got the feeling that she, like, uh, pulled Riley and ended up sending him home before Bennett and Noah because she kind of wanted to, like, do his exit some justice because they did have that, you know, deep conversation um, about his family that that you alluded to earlier. And she kind of comes in. All of the guys are sitting down. They're very startled to see her. And it's like... Because she's still supposed to be, in theory, on her date with Blake. They don't know yet that right. he's gone home. But they can discern when she arrives and Blake is not there <laughs> that he is go- yes. he is gone. And it's like... I, I don't know. It's like, like when the teacher has like caught you doing something bad and is like, I need to like call you out of the classroom to have a conversation. Or they're like, you need to go to the principal's office. Like... Yeah, you knew like when she called your name. The it thing was comes be over bad. the intercom. It's like you have to go to the principal's office and you're like, someone died. You're like, <laughs> you're like someone died or I did something really bad. Like, Well, she also uh, like got there and then just like sat down and cried for a minute. And then she was like, Riley, can I talk to you? Yeah, not a good sign. Also, like when any romantic partner is like, we need to talk, it's like almost never good. Yeah. We need to talk. I love you more every day. Yeah, I like to do it sometimes just to, like, take the power out of the work. And be like, we need to talk and then just be like, what do you want for dinner tonight? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I should do that. It would make me, like, less anxious, maybe. Yeah, less so then it I just becomes just a normal it. thing. And then it really catches you off guard when it's something terrible and serious. Yeah. <laughs> so she takes Riley outside and... Uh, yeah, she's already in this very emotional state. I do get the sense that, like, sending Blake home, she had this moment of, like, oh, it's time for me to start sending home people that I have real feelings for and that I will be really upset to see go. So I'd better just do that. Like, it's not enough of a reason to keep them anymore that I want them to stay. Um, and so that means it's time to let Riley go. And she tells him, you know, that he's grown more than anyone else. Um, she really sees him now. He's vulnerable with her, um, and she knows how rare that is, and so it means a lot to her. And she's like, hometowns are coming up. I don't want to put you in the situation with your family, which I know you really care about them, because my heart isn't where yours is. And she doesn't want to lead him on. And uh, at first, Riley seems kind of pissed. He's like, I don't get it. What am I missing? What don't I have? Um why did you keep me so long? Why didn't you just leave me alone and basically not push me, you know, to connect and to open up in that way? And she says, you know, I'm sorry. I can't help where my heart is. We, we were just behind the other relationships and there's nothing I can do about that anymore. Um, and and then he sort of like settled, like he sort of kind of, I think, um, course corrects his emotional reaction. Like, he's sort of resigns himself to it. And he's like, okay, you know, I could argue with you all day, but it, but it doesn't matter. And I'm just, I'm, I'm in pain. And I like that he was able to, you know, I think, look, we all have uh, reactions in the moment. And I think it's like a very human thing to be annoyed or like pissed when someone rejects you, especially when it's public, especially after you've had this like big disclosure and like gone through this, very exhaustive um, emotional experience. But then I love that we got to see Riley actually articulate that he was in pain. And it's something that we've seen with a lot of these men in that like much more than most groups, they feel 
they seem comfortable actually expressing their emotions and a whole range of them. And um, or I, even I if just, they're not I, comfortable, I really but they know that. that they need to do it and that it's part of right. being a grown up and that they are doing the work to make that happen, which right. is some, in some like, ways even more admirable. Yeah. I, exactly. It's not that it, it comes easily, but it's that it's like a conscious choice being made. You know, he's like, look, sitting here for longer is causing me more pain. So I'm going to leave. And they ha- it ends up being a really tender goodbye. Um, I just I love I love Riley and I hope that we get to see him again uh, pop up in Bachelor universe. Yeah, there are so many of these men that I would love to see again, honestly. Like, I wish the show hadn't ruined the phrase grown-ass man for me earlier in the season (laughs) because I do love that these are, like, grown-ass men. It's so so true. It's, like, a a different type of cast than we've seen before, and I've really enjoyed... And I've enjoyed, like, the choices that Claire and Tasha made. I feel like they molded, molded it in a different direction than a younger, maybe, Bachelorette would have in the past. Um, and so that's curtains on Riley in the, in the, uh, SUV in the, in the moment he says, you know, like she still seems like the one for him. Like he wishes he could sort of express that he could have seen himself spending his life with her. They are still in an SUV, aren't they? Where are they going? (laughs) I don't know. Like another part of the resort. Like I feel like they must like house them or like a hotel nearby. Like a great point. Like they're driving them on. I just realized that when you said that directly to the airport. Like no, No. especially this late in the game. Like yeah, they do not want these men out and about. I bet they're driving him off to like a a resort bungalow where he'll be locked in for the. Yeah, (laughs) I wonder if they just like so that they can get the SUV shot. If they just do like a perimeter drive for like twenty minutes, and then they probably just drive them around in a circle until they cry, and then they're like, "Okay, fine, you can go to your bungalow now. Don't walk to the presidential suite or whatever wherever Tasha is living." Did not occur Uh. to me until you just said that because I'm just like, yeah, it's The Bachelor. Then they get into an SUV and drive. And he did. Yeah, no, it's so weird. Um, And then we have a real tonal shift right into rose ceremony time. And we realize that like Bennett and Noah are still there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like she just had two brutal eliminations. Now it's time for more eliminations at the rose ceremony. They're not brutal. They're still. uh, Well, they don't know that Bennett is still there yet, but we we more or less have a sense that Bennett is going to be there, which means that there are three more roses and there are going to be two more guys going home. Um, and Ben already has a rose. So the other guys are all sort of planning their assaults on Tasha's like emotions. Like Noah's <laughs> going to tell her that he's ready for marriage. And uh, unfortunately, Tasha doesn't want to have a cocktail hour. She already knows what she wants to do. Yeah, she's like, look, this culling has to happen. I don't need more small talk. You know, let's just do this. Uh, And then Bennett kind of like saunters in looking smug. And the other men are just horrified. They're like, why is this person still here? Natural reaction. (laughs) I think he like claps Zach on the shoulder and Zach is like literally don't touch me Um, (laughs) it was a very tense moment 
Um, and he explains that he went and told Taisha that he was in love with her. And then he received a note thanking him and inviting him to the rose ceremony. And he's clearly trying to flex in front of the guys. He's like, Taisha reciprocates my feelings. And that's why she's invited me. Like, I made a bold gesture. And now I'm going to be it rewarded. Um, but it is short lived. You know, Taisha comes in and she's like, this week has been hard, but this is it's getting me to where I want to be at the end. Um, and she's appreciated some of them stepping up and showing the depths of their hearts. And uh, it has changed things for her. So the, I found this, I, and I think, Claire, you agree that the, her eliminations were extremely predictable. Like once you saw the, the smattering of men, it was like, oh, obviously the final four are going to be Zach, Ivan, Brendan, and Ben. And that's who are her final four, which is just like, again, so stellar, uh, which means that Noah and Bennett are finally going home. I actually like that in the end, they went home together. I do yeah. too. It, it was, was a, It was a belated conclusion to the two-on-one that like yeah. Keisha couldn't quite pull the trigger the first time. And she's like, no, I've seen enough from these two. And... Noah, I think, handles it quite well. He gives her a big yes, hug. He's he does. like, boys treat her well. And he cries in the limo and is like, I'm going to make someone very happy as my wife, but not Taisha. Um, which was actually you know the what? closest I... he's come to convincing me that he's ready for marriage because he's seemed I, very I want genuine. Good that. Noah has like, I've come around on him a little bit. He seems sweet. He Not for Taisha, but like <laughs> no. in life. Um, and... Bennett uh, is very confused. Um, she thanks him for his words and is basically like, I just wanted to respect, you know, your words. Like, thank you for, for saying that to me, but it's not going to happen. And he is flabbergasted, but this is it. No coming back for Bennett, um, which leaves us with four guys remaining but before hometowns we have to do men tell all uh and i think that we should kind of like speed through this just sort of give the highlights and definitely talk about the fact that this was filmed at Nemecolon, which is where matt's season was being filmed so because all of the crew um and production and stuff was already there and had already quarantined they had a limited number of men quarantine and film at Namakolan. So that is why that is the setting that we we ended up seeing. Yeah, and it looks like kind of Lux group. there. It's a much more Lux conference room I than at La Quinta. The couches. I was I was honestly my biggest takeaway from the men tell all was that bachelor couch fashion is something I'm apparently very into. They were like gorgeous and velvet. Yeah. They're like a beautiful, like emerald velvet. I was like, how, like, can I take the mental all to an interior designer and be like, can you get these couches for me? I was going to say, just like take a screenshot to like for yeah. your new place and be like, yeah. where, where do you like, think I would they like got my these apartment stage ones? To look like the mental all special from The Bachelorette. Can you do that? <laughs> Um, it's very, it's a very different vibe from usual. It's a smaller group of men. There's no live audience. And I kind of liked it. Like, I feel like the raucousness that ensues in front of the live audience makes it even more difficult to hear what's going on, understand what's happening, 
like things just spiral out of control quicker. I don't know if you guys are watching any uh, sports these days, but I've been watching uh, Premier League without uh, fans in the stadium. And it's just like the temperature is lower because there's no one egging you on in the stands. Like it just feels like a little more half-hearted. And for the mental <laughs> all, that seems like a good thing to me. Um, so we revisit some of the dramatic conflicts, um, but we don't really learn a lot. It's just no. an opportunity for I mean, Ed to be condescending about Chasen again and how stupid he is. Um, I think, right, we got a revisiting of the Noah and Bennett feud, which, like, nothing really changed. It was pretty frustrating. I just, I can't bring myself to care. I don't think either of these guys are, like, particularly evil in any way. I think they're both kind of annoying. I Yeah. I think I'm Noah just, came off better than Bennett again. I don't know. I That was the thing. I just was like, it was boring. Because, it, yeah, it's not like any real drama. It's just two dudes who hate each other. <laughs> right. And are, like, 10 years apart in age and, like, would never hang out with each other in real life. So, like, that's fine. Yeah, I did love when Noah was like, I just, I don't think we're going to be friends. And Bennett was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> like, no one does. Yeah, it was just like a relitigation. You know, Noah thinks that Bennett's condescending. Bennett thinks that Noah's projecting because he's like jealous of his fancy Harvard education. Which like, okay, Bennett. Um, some of the guys weigh in a little bit, but we didn't really learn anything new here. Um, an interesting thing is that a couple of guys are like, Bennett, you were condescending. Not to me, but I do feel yeah. like you were. Like, there's just this general sense of condescension around Bennett, and he takes no accountability for it. He's like, you project that onto me because of how I act and hold no, myself. It's like, no, <laughs> no, no, that's not the case, Bennett, but okay, okay. whatever. I just, whatever. like, I love the idea that Bennett's like, yeah, I act condescending all the time, so you assume I'm being condescending <laughs> to you. <laughs> Just because I'm acting condescending doesn't mean I am condescending. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we then have a reintroduction of a character that we haven't seen in quite some time because he left before Tasha's entrance as Bachelorette, Yosef. Um, I hated him even more, even more this time, which I didn't think was possible. Yeah, they show a, a clip reel of his lowlights on the show. And it was just kind of incredible watching the reaction shots of Yosef and the reaction shots of the other men who just look ill uh, at basically everything he says when he's insulting Claire, saying he's ashamed to be associated with her. You see a lot of the other guys looking like furious. Cut to Yosef. He's li- he'll be like smiling to himself like, yeah, I made a really good point there. Like, when he's I said despicable. every moment here is a second taken from being with my child, he kind of like smiles as if he's like touched by himself. He's like, oh, what a great thing that was that I said. Like, he's just like such a piece of garbage. And I hope he's one of the few of these men that I hope to never see again. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, and I also just like I really loved Jason in this moment. I do hope he shows back up in Bachelor World because we only got you know, we got that one-on-one um, with Claire and then and then he left. Uh, but his reactions and Riley's reactions, their facial expressions to Yosef were just priceless. I mean, when Riley was like, he was like, you were condescending and also you're a terrible human. I was just oh. like, I, yeah, 
Oh, it was so, incredible. So Chris, it was like, so good. Chris asks Joseph if he has any if he has any regrets, and he says, "No, everything I said was factually accurate. I don't think I said anything inflammatory enough to merit a response like you're not fit to be the father of my child." And Riley says, "You came at her. You called her classless. You were out of line. You're a terrible person. Ladies, watch out for this guy." <laughs> So good. Which is incredible. I mean, also, and then Yosef says, So why didn't you tell me to my face as I was leaving? And Conley's like, Yosef, I'm 10 feet from you and I'm telling you right now. You <laughs> are like, what terrible. Do you mean? He's like implying that I won't say it to your face. I'm doing that right now. Also, incredible that like Yosef is the one thing that can bring all of these men together. I mean, Noah no- didn't even overlap with Yosef and he looks absolutely horrified. Bennett is like shaking his head in like, just everyone is like this crosses all of my moral lines even if I've behaved poorly in other respects um and at one point Yosef sort of tries to say that like he was yelling at Claire just to stick up for the other men and all of the other men who were like on that date who were at men tell all were like we weren't upset by it like that you can feel that this has nothing to do with us like you we think you're garbage and we had fun on that date so like yeah, Yosef what are you is saying? like, oh, I was sticking up for the men who were on the strip dodgeball date. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, we're here. We don't. We didn't feel a need to have someone stick up for us. So clearly this is about you. And he's like, yeah, actually, you guys weren't relevant. <laughs> it was also really satisfying to just hear Jason be like, shut the fuck up, Yosef. I was like, you know what? Someone had to say it. I mean, Yosef was still trying to do the thing that he did with Claire, where, like, he felt like he got to talk whenever he wanted. And so he could interject when he wanted. And if someone tried to interject to him, then he could shush them. Like, he does this this little, like, I'm going to continue sort of comments. Well, it's not like if anyone else tries to talk, he's like, no, you're being rude and terrible. I'm allowed to say all of my feelings and you can't respond. And I guess it's nice to know that that's not just how he is with women, but all people. Yeah, it's in general. <laughs> I mean, the really horrifying thing was that Chris even oh, says, this like, is, yeah. would you be okay if someone spoke the way you spoke to Claire to your daughter? And he says, if my daughter did something like that, I hope somebody would call her out. Oh, I know. And I just felt, so, I'm like, this is despicable. You're a disgusting misogynist. It's extremely upsetting to, like, imagine a father, like, policing his daughter in that way. I mean, the other thing that upset me, again, watching the clip back of their conversation is that, like, Yosef completely breezed past when Claire tried to relate to him and was like, you know, my my mother is dying. And he just, like, breezed past her, ignored that, ignored any of her trauma so that he could, I don't know, like, hold some false moral authority over her well, and he also like uh, tries to he like weaponizes being the father of a daughter to like yes. be abusive towards women which feels very like when it's chris really asked dark. that question he responded that way i was like this is actually like this is yeah it's really dark and disturbing and like just hope that little girl grows up okay <laughs> yeah i, I mean, know it's a he- crazy thing because it's like uh, having a daughter doesn't prove that you aren't a good father to a daughter like it's not a qualification plenty of women have had fathers who hurt them who were sexist um and the idea that like the appropriate way to handle like I at the time was like I didn't love the strip dodgeball date if he wanted to come to her and criticize that and bring his concerns that's one thing yeah but 
to think that that is a, a correct response and that you would want someone to do that to your daughter anytime that she messed up in any way is concerning. Like there are more appropriate ways to uh, criticize someone um, or to uh, censure them. Like it, it didn't speak well of him. And Chris at this point says, you know, I'm going to try to help you help yourself. That was a terrible look. And I would like to just see you apologize to Claire for how that conversation went. And Yosef says, no, I'm not going to apologize. And I don't care what anyone thinks. So I, good riddance to him. Uh, and at that point, Taisha comes in. And I'm trying to think if we got any like really good stuff with Taisha. I mean, we had her, we saw her sort of like retelling Blake and Riley um, that she was really emotional sending them home. But I'm not sure that we really yeah. learned much. Mostly Bennett, Blake, and Riley both get a second conversation about their breakup and a little bit more closure. For me, I was excited because, like, I hadn't actually heard Tasha talk about, like, her process of getting there, of, like, ending up on that, like, when she, you know, like, got the phone call, they still didn't know what was happening. She, like, came to the resort 48 hours later still not knowing if she was going to be, like, taking over as Bachelorette and... I don't know. It also made me like think back about the beginning of her on the season and how just like she seemed the whole time just like not able to believe that it was happening. And, and it, you're like, like, this makes sense. Yeah, this makes <laughs> sense. Um, and I just thought it was nice because weirdly, like she just came in and we didn't actually hear her talk about that, that she was like at home eating a donut and then 48 hours, <laughs> like 48 hours later, was like at La Quinta and just like. I it just I I don't know it was like it was I mean I've liked Tasha the whole time but it was just another moment where I was like this just feels like such a human like because I think Chris asked her like people have you know theorized that this was planned or something and she was like no I would have prepared more like I would have eaten less quarantine donuts yeah which is hilarious because she has like the the, the, most amazing body body I've ever seen yeah Um, um. which, you know, there is no such thing as a perfect body. But, like, if right. you were going to, like, try to make yourself look conventionally hot for a TV show, you would end up you with You would Tasha's look body. like Tasha. But it's also, like, <laughs> I also think it's, like, it's a good reminder that, like, the hottest people I've ever seen have body insecurities still. And, like, I feel like that we can't judge ourselves. That, like, Tasha was, like, ah, this body was not good enough for Bachelorette. And <laughs> yeah, then we all like, look wow, at her, women like. women are really put just, through the ringer. Yeah. Like, there's no, Yeah. There's no there's no winning with your body, um, especially when you're you're a woman, I think, in that way. But I, I think the the main takeaway that I was really struck by was just like how like how grateful a lot of these men seem to be to Tasha and what a positive experience she made this for them. And like she really just does have a quality about her that makes people feel so comfortable um, and really loved. And I think we saw the same thing on hometowns with all of the families and the way that she like so easily kind of blends in and makes everyone feel like very safe and comfortable. Well, she like, I was watching like last night's episode and I don't, she just, she really looks people in the eye and fucking listens to them. Yeah, It's basic, but it goes such a long way and it's not that common. Like, especially on like reality TV, I feel like as well, just watching someone be like, I take you in fully. Yeah, I think it's connected to the way that she seems capable of having a great time with so many different kinds of guys. Like she has 
appreciation for so many different kinds of people and ways of being like she really yeah takes in who they are and she's like I like that and that is a very healing thing to be around it's something many of us can't offer and all of us love to receive and it's a very special (laughs) quality and often on the show you know we do have someone who's fun and extroverted and easy to have fun with but I even in that setting it's rare to have the level of of that quality that Tasha has um, we are not worthy of yeah. Tasha. You yeah. know, that's what, that's what we're trying to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we're, we're on to hometowns. And Chris comes in and explains to the remaining four guys, like, your hometowns are happening at La Quinta. Uh, so you get to stay put. And you each need to plan a date with the help of what I can assume are 1,000... Uh, stage crew high school worker elves um, and we're just going to blow this out of the water and give you you know the hometown the best hometown date that uh, a set backdrop can offer yeah. he's like plan a date that will take Tasha to your hometown and they all take this quite literally um, and he also tells them that their families are there and they've been going through quarantine and testing. So I did have some questions about the timeline because it seems like also Tasha is so excited to see all the guys that I wondered if they had to like actually pause filming for a bit um, because she seems like she missed them. <laughs> but uh, they might have had I don't, to. Maybe. I, I think also they... I don't know. Well, like, how how long can you ask these family members to come and live at the I La think Quinta they were only well? quarantining for a handful of days before and then being tested probably, like, when they got there. And, and they probably – and they often, anyway, you know, they talk to the, the, like, final six guys' families. So they were probably having conversations with these families for weeks about, like, it looks like your son might make it or, or you know, brother, like – who would it make sense to come here, um, yeah. take X, Y, Z precautions? Like, I, it seemed like I'm they sure felt they were pretty, very careful because we heard you know, of no outbreaks. It pretty safe. Yeah, um, none of them contracted COVID, so that's good. And Chris asked the guys if they want to hear who is willing to go through this for them, which is a great <laughs> dramatic setup. And he tells them that Zach's mom, dad, and brother Matt will be there. Ivan's parents will be there. Uh, Ben's sister is there Um, and they are all you know clearly very family oriented and you know Zach has said that his parents basically saved his life and his uh, uh, Ivan um, is disappointed that his brother won't be there uh, which he says several times but his parents are also very important to him Ben's sister he's also said saved his life um, and they're extremely close um and Brendan is up first, and he has come to see him, his brother Daniel, his sister-in-law Christy, and his niece Aaliyah. Um, and he starts crying. These men are so they... soft and gentle. They're all like, we adore our families, the most wonderful people we know who have saved us from dark fates. And let's all embrace each other as we contemplate seeing our families. And the leave. only note, I like, I, I was very bad so at taking much. notes because I was just watching the episodes. The only note I took was dudes hugging each other, smiley face. It made me so happy. And someone, I tweeted about it and someone said like, wow, the bar is really low. And I was like, 
Yes, but also like this is just simply not a brand of masculinity that we see that often on television. So it feels you're reaching so many people and these guys are being portrayed, I think rightly for these four of them, as like grand romantic leads in their own right. And to see them have such a wonderful bond with each other, such a wonderful, you know, openness about their families, about um, their, you know, emotional trials and tribulations and having them seem like very comfortable expressing those things and not framing it as though it takes away anything from their yeah. like, manliness. And also like expressing it in front of each other and not yes. just Tasha. like expressing those emotions and those emotions about their family in this room that was only men and, and they're then supporting all, each like, other. supporting each other and hugging each other afterward. Like, it's actually one of the sexiest things I've seen on The Bachelor Fully franchise. Agree. Like and We can say that it's a low bar, but honestly, like, I would be shocked to see this from four women on The Bachelor. You know, it's the final four. They're all super into the lead. It's very competitive. For them to still even be in the same room is uncommon on the franchise yep. at this point. Right. You would expect to see a lot of conflict. And not only are they still buddies, clearly, they're like emotional support for each other and they're emotionally open with each other. And that is really rare just in the realm of the show, like regardless of gender. And that's such a good point. It's pretty cool to see. And I loved seeing all of them talk about why they love their different family members. Those details are just, are just great. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll have more on hometown dates with Aaron Dark. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Emma, what's the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would it be sleep? Would it be get a delicious pastry from the bake shop around the corner? Would it be, I don't know, get some actual writing done? Yeah. Read a book. I mean, my list is extremely long these days. There are not a lot of hours to spare. And, you know, a lot of us do spend our lives wishing we had more time. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and actually make it a priority. Yeah, this is something that I am often working on with my therapist. It helps you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash love to see it. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly, truly have it all. Because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. 
I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pickup or drop off. You're making a lunch. You're like dealing with some need that your children have, or you're working. And Allo Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in, in those spare moments when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class. I can do something that gets my heart rate up and it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Allo Moves. Go to allomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's allomoves.com code LTSI20. Allomoves.com code LTSI20. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... uh, and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into like their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible neoprene weekender bag and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white, or rosé. As always, I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines just for you. Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored. Choose when the wine is delivered and how often to get new assortments of wine. If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts. As someone who loves wine but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and what it goes with, this is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better. I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection, and it was so good, and it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself. A quiz and good wine? I mean, everyone's (laughs) winning here. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. 
Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first box. That's T-R-Y firstleaf.com slash LTSI. Tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console, article. I'm My bed frame, article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And now back to the show. Brendan is up first. Um, He has set up a little carnival because it is apparently a a common thing in his small town to have like a summer carnival set up somewhere. And there to enjoy the carnival games with him is his niece. Uh, I loved her. He keeps calling her his little niece. So I kind of thought she'd be like three years old and she's definitely (laughs) like like 10. 10. She's like a tween. She's basically a tween. Yeah. She is adorable. That like high high pony. She and Tasha are like mashing. They're both wearing like high waisted shorts and a high pony. It was very cute. Um, oh my god! And Tasha's very also... natural with her. She and Brendan are clearly super close, and Tasha like gets right in there into their dynamic. And I loved how like mutually turned on Tasha and Brendan were by each other's interactions with like this sweetness with uh, the niece. They both were like, "Wow, the other one really was great with Aaliyah." They'd be a really good parent. Like it was just, there's clearly a lot of mutual affection there and they both love kids and um, Aaliyah seemed to have a blast. I was like, this is a great hometown date. Um, yeah, they, uh, Aaliyah and Brendan teach Tasha their secret handshake. They do some impromptu hip hop dance moves, which Brendan <laughs> seems really into. Um, Brendan can like move, like Boy's got some, like, groove in his hips. (laughs) I really enjoyed, I felt like this was the most relaxed we've seen. Brendan, like, truly relaxed and just, like, loose. It was, I, it was very nice to see. Yeah, he's someone who I often think seems affected by the cameras. Um, Like, his words to Tasha often seem a little bit rehearsed and kind of, like, 
uh, flat in affect in a way. Like, he's, like, very conscious that he's being watched and he's a little uncomfortable. So, like, seeing him with his niece to kind of break up the tension definitely brought out a really nice side of him. And then they head to the evening date, which is the meet the whole family portion of the date. And it's hilariously, both Tasha and Brendan are hoping that his family will give them clarity about Brendan's feelings for Tasha. <laughs> She's like, I can't tell Brendan's feeling. I hope that his family helps me get that piece of the puzzle. And he's like, I can't tell what I'm feeling. I really hope my family can do that for me. Um, and this is the first of just like a slew of hometown dates that go really well. That go really well. Also, I think it's funny that they don't like for the evening portions in this, for some reason at La Quinta, they were like, you don't get dinner or anything. <laughs> you only get awkward sitting across the couch from each other and then talking one on one and then goodbyes. And because the setting is like a hotel lobby lounge, it really <laughs> does look like they've all met up before going to dinner at like a conference or something <laughs> like that's that's the general vibe and yet that is the entirety of of the gathering um and so we're meeting again uh Brendan's brother and sister-in-law at this point and just the whole the whole time is just Brendan being like you guys mean so much to me and like I admire you and I'm scared that I'm gonna get married again and it's gonna fail and uh and Tasha is sort of sharing with Christy and Daniel that she also went through a divorce that's something that they share and um she really appreciates like how he's grown from that and the takeaway that Daniel and Christy have is they see this really strong connection between them. They seem really natural together and that they do have this shared foundation, which is that they both understand divorce and they both really want to not go through that again. And so they're like really on board by the end. Yeah, this is another, we get another moment of just like sweet male affection and shows of appreciation between the two brothers. Um, and I, I also just, again, loved that. Um, and yeah, it goes it goes really well. And Brendan seems sort of put at ease by his sister and brother-in-law's approval. Um, also, because not everyone's parents are here and because um because it's it's a woman at the center, we don't have to get any of that kind of like, would you give your blessing for us to be married at the end of this? Like we got right. get to kind of bypass that entire thing. And I think that's one thing that made me enjoy these hometowns more than most. And I really loved how, and this is something that in recent seasons, especially with like young bachelors and young women um, having their parents meet the lead, we've seen a lot of like, I don't give my blessing. I don't support this. I don't think you should do this. It was really beautiful to see these people be like, you're our son or our brother. We love you. We worry about you, of course, but like we also respect your judgment. And we know that if this is what you decide, that it will be the right thing for you. And that is what it could always be. You know? <laughs> like, just keep, it doesn't have to members be. members who trust the, the judgment of the person who is there and like 
sure, express skepticism, express, you know, concern, like we saw with Ivan's mom later, um, but ultimately be really certain in in their trust in, in the person that they love. And I yeah, thought that that was very sweet. It's skepticism in the, the process without being right. skepticism of their child or the relationship itself. Exactly. And it's, yeah, it's like a skepticism that they want to talk through with their child and not shut the child down. Right. It's not a like, I am a father coming in to save my son or daughter from like the wrath of this like individual who has uh, absconded with their heart or something like that. Um, It's really just like, like, okay, I'm going to say that I don't really know about this and I hope you're sure. But like, I like, is it Zach's dad who's just like, I couldn't do it. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yeah, Zach's date is next. Zach's date is next. I also love that Tasha is like really sold on the traditional hometown run and jump greeting, even though they're just like at the same place as always. So it's it doesn't sort of matter. Like, She's not giving that up. Claire. No, so much this is her taken one crack her. of being the bachelorette. She should do it. Um, and Zach says that they will be doing New York stuff. You know, he's a New Yorker. She is interested in moving there. So naturally, he's in a black polo and they're going to hail a taxi. Um, she does it very timidly at first, which gave me flashbacks to the first time I tried to hail a taxi. And Emma, our colleague at the time, who was with me, had to hail it for me because I did such a bad job. I was like, excuse me, excuse me. She was like, Jesus Christ, Claire. Um, so they finally get in their taxi, which is, of course, a plywood sort of prop, prop painted as a taxi. And they carry it around with them. <laughs> I was so weirdly charmed by this. Me I too. I, I, I kind like, of loved it. I loved it theater. so much. This is your moment. Yeah. Also, like, I, my friend from high school reminded me that, like, we used to have this thing in high school where, like, during homecoming week, each class, there was, like, a theme. And each class had to, like, decorate a part of the main hallway as a theme. And it was cities one year, like, our my senior year. And we did New York. And... We were like, oh, my God, this like these props look like basically exactly like what we did. I was like, did they raid the closet of like the 2005 like or like fall 2004 uh, homecoming at Einstein High School? Because um, this looks suspiciously like the cardboard taxi that we cut out and painted. We well, did win. We did win. You so, guys clearly you did know. an incredible job. Um, yeah, obviously. And they have backdrops hanging up uh to portray new york scenery or landmarks um, central park <laughs> the only thing i was really affronted by um, uh were was the topping selections yeah, at the so new they, york city bagel shop that they visited i mean they, there was a gummy bear yeah it's sort of <laughs> it a, was... it's it's clearly a yogurt shop topping bar <laughs> that they have yes. put some bagels next to that's not actually what a New York bagel shop looks like. If anyone was put off by that, please don't be. When all this pandemic stuff is over, come visit. There will be no gummy bears put on your bagels. Yeah, I think there's probably a yogurt bar at the La Quinta. <laughs> and someone was like, this looks enough like a bagel store. It's basically yeah. the same Toppings thing. are toppings, right? Right. They're like, it looks nice on camera. We need many cups. You can't just have cream cheese. You know cheese. what, though? 
the the gummy bears were too far in the front. That was the thing. Like that yes. was the real issue was that they were like toppings, and the first thing you saw <laughs> was gummy bears. This was a trap for Tasha because Zach, being a New Yorker, clearly is not even convinced that any sort of sweet thing can be put on a bagel at all. No. She wants to put blueberries on her He's cream horrified. cheese bagel. He's shocked. And blueberry cream cheese is something you will see at a. But he's a purist. He's like blueberry. I don't know if. Okay, like, sure, I'll overlook it this one time. Um, But she was not set up for success. I mean, as far as she knew, the sweetness gamut runs all the way to gummy bears. Well, and she (laughs) said, haven't you ever had a blueberry bagel? Which is true. That is a thing. It's like her. But it's more of like an Einstein Brothers bagel thing than like a traditional New York bagel shop thing. Like a blueberry bagel is, is, I feel like, is a center of controversy a little bit. Look, I grew up in Michigan. I moved to New York. (laughs) I'll stand up for Tasha and her blueberry bagel. I, oh, I like a sweet bagel, too. I like sweet bagels. I'm just saying. Sweet bagels it, are controversial, debate. but at Indiana-born yeah. uh, myself, I often go for a fruit uh, cream cheese spread. Cancel me if you wish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zach. But we none of us have attempted the gummy bear, so like no. we draw the line there. Uh, yeah. I also, they then like stop at a little like New York pizza shop, and I was like, that doesn't even look like a fresh slice of pizza from the La Quinta no. Resort. They that is not a New York slice. No, they didn't even have to fold it. Just yeah. eat it like a... Yeah, I was like, A New York is... slice is just any slice of pizza. No do one you think knows. it it's hurt so Zach, though? Like, do you think it hurt Zach a little bit to have to be like, yes, have this New York slice of pizza? <laughs> like, oh, definitely. At least they didn't have to eat it with a knife and fork. It's true. Small, <laughs> small mercies. Um, and Tasha is living for this. She's like... I would love to spend every day in New York with Zach like this. We're having so much fun. They stop at a, the fountain where they originally made a wish early on in the season. And they just like get in and make out with each other. And I love how Zach is like, you know what? Tasha's incredible. She's incredible. She could have been like, no, I have my hair, my makeup. I have this nice dress on. But she just went for it. And I was like, Zach. Most women aren't about to get, like, a whole new look applied for them by hair and makeup artists and stylists like she is. But, yes, of course, she is the dream. She's a low-maintenance woman who looks high-maintenance. Like, you can have it all. Um. I also just have to, like, I'd like to give a shout-out to Tasha's makeup artist. Because everybody is sweating so hard. Does she not have pores? I don't know. She looks immaculate. Like, I don't understand how her makeup looks that good. Like, in half of these dates, men are just, like, visibly, like, Zach just had, like, sweat pouring down his face I mean, at one point. I mean, they're in Palm Springs. It's they're like in Palm Springs degrees. in the summer. Yeah. But Tasha looks understand. immaculate. Like my hair would be like matted. I would be like fully dripping. My mascara would be like on my chin. I do wonder if that's why we're seeing so many high ponies. I mean, it might be. That's true. But that would not be enough. I just want to find out whatever her makeup artist is using. Like, I feel like whoever that makeup team is should just release like the apparent sweat proof makeup that I didn't know exists. I feel like yeah, at the I end she that. must like have to like peel it off and then all the sweat just like <laughs> slides down the face. That's what would happen to me. Um so it's time for the night date. Now Tasha's in all black. She's taken she's taken the hint. She's ready for New York. She's a real New Yorker. And Zach's parents and brother are waiting. They look 
really serious. They look a little concerned. They're ready to really interrogate Tasha about whether she is serious about their son and brother. Zach has talked a lot about how concerned they are always about him because of what he's been through and what they've been through with him. And that there is a sense that they see him as someone who needs extra care and like someone that they need to really look out for. And this is a really wild, like, can be potentially psychologically destabilizing experience to go through. Yeah, like, especially if you have watched The Bachelor, you know that, like, it's a very, can be, like, a really high stress situation. I'm sure if you're, like, thinking about your kid who you have an extra concern or worry for than signing up for, like, this environment that drives the sanest people to like cry at least five times. So this is like a silly little thing, but something that I was struck by was that, that like put in perspective to me how young the people on this show have been the last few seasons, especially, and like how young their parents have been that I was like, Zach's brother like looks like all the dads from last season. Oh, I fully (laughs) thought he was a dad in the the promo because of that. Exactly. I know it was like kind of nice to see just like a family who have aged and like their son is in his like mid to late 30s, their younger son. And I was just like, ah, yes, parents of adults do not have to look like their well-kempt 40-year-olds forever. (laughs) That's so nice. Yeah, yeah. Matt is is Not that his family wasn't well-kempt. They're adorable, but they just like... (laughs) It was, like, comforting to me. I think as a person in my mid-30s, it was comforting to see parents on The Bachelor who looked like what I think of parents looking like. Yes, yes. Like, parents of adults. Like, I was like, yes, they look like they could be contemporaries of my parents. This makes sense to my brain. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So Matt pulls Tasha and asks really the toughest question of the night. Um, of of the episode, which is, where are you with Zach in comparison with the other three? And she says, I'm falling in love with him, and I could see him, you know, being the one at the end. And he says, well, you didn't answer my question. Um, She's like, uh, um, and then uh, he, and he sort of saves her and is like, well, did Zach, do you and Zach talk about that? And she's like, no, you know, it's not fun to talk about other relationships. And Matt's like, well, just saying, I think it's like a pretty important thing to talk about it since that's the situation you're in. I was like, Matt, don't you know that's the whole game? They have to pretend there I have aren't to say, other people. I think Matt is wrong about this because I do too. I think it actually can impede, as we've seen so many times, it impedes your investment in the relationship. And then if it does end up being you, you're like hung up on that forever. That's true. I I think Matt is right that in normal life, you (laughs) should talk about all that shit. But like this If you're like dating four people just generally and one of them is like, I want to marry you. Like, yeah, you should talk about the other people you're dating. This is like, this is so far outside of, I'm sure anything that Matt has experienced in a relationship that I was like, I get where you're coming from. I think you're wrong here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I also think, I mean, there's something about, like, where are you in comparison with the other three that I think is a very, of course, you wonder, you want to know. But even in the outside world, I don't know if that's the healthiest way to approach that question. Like, please rank Rank me me. compared (laughs) to the other people you're dating. Like, I don't think that's how you would go into it. But you might want to be like, I know you're dating other people. Like, I see us becoming exclusive. 
do you see that happening from you know like that sort of thing that's yeah. like the idea of ha- asking her to rank her dating partners I don't think would ever really fly I mean <laughs> it's just the moment where like it's clearly a family worried about their kid and I think he just like you, you know wants the reassur- like the reassurance that no one can ever give anyone on this show and that's why people go insane but also <laughs> like if she ranked them they wouldn't have two and a half more episodes yeah, well, it would be like, he's in third right now, but, like, if he really makes a way pull ahead. <laughs> um, and Zach's dad sits down with Tasha and is incredibly sweet. You know, he's like, I don't feel comfortable oh, with the situation. Douglas. I couldn't be in Zach's position. But, you know, I do feel comfortable with you. Um, you seem great. And I haven't seen Zach smile this much in a long time. And that makes me really happy. And that seems to be kind of the takeaway from the date um, from Zach's mom as well is he usually doesn't smile that much. And now we're seeing our son uh, kind of transformed into someone who just radiates happiness. And it was really interesting to see Zach sit down with his mom and kind of say, like, because of everything that I've been through, I convinced myself that there were things I didn't want or need, like a long-term partner and children. He's like, being here has actually helped me realize that I do want those things. And I thought that that was just a really interesting realization to see articulated. Um, And again, I think speaks to the fact that this is person who's like been through relationship and life experience. It didn't feel like I decided I'm ready for marriage. It felt like I've like really thought about what I want in my life. And I'm realizing that I repressed certain desires that I had. Um, And I thought that that was really lovely. And Zach's mom expresses that to Tasha and is just like, look, like no matter what happens, like I'm grateful to you. Like, thank you for for bringing that out of my son. Um, And I thought I just loved his family. It was it was like kind of too moving for The Bachelorette for me. (laughs) I was like, I don't know if this is why I watch this show. I want to cry. Like, I'm being, like, my boyfriend couldn't stay in the room. He was like, this is, like, too much. I, don't, like, don't want to cry tonight. Like, <laughs> it was, like, I like I had, like, a part of me where I was, like, I don't know. I think maybe this is terrible Bachelorette. It's amazing humanity. <laughs> They're I, too good. They're too yeah, poor. Like, these people are too nice and deep and loving. And it's just, like... Yeah, I was like, I'm like too hormonal for it. I, think. <laughs> I I feel like you know, listen, the show does a lot of stuff that we criticize, and we're like, maybe ultimately it's harmful. And so whenever they do something like this, I'm like, ah, you've got me again. You've shown something <laughs> know, that made exactly. me feel like you're doing something good for the world. Like you, through Tasha, convinced Zach that he needed love and family in his life, and no one can ever take that away from you, Bachelorette. <laughs> um, and so they're both feeling great at the end of this. Like, Zach is like, it's not just me. My parents and my brother can see how I've been changed, and that gives me reassurance and confidence. Tasha is, like, obsessed with his family. Zero hesitations. And now it's time for Ivan's date. Oh, another and... great one for the books. Ivan, I, I just love him. She says she loves Ivan's subtle confidence, which I think we all agree and he has a great subtle confidence. He's <laughs> only introduced one person to his family in the past. Um, so he is nervous. I always forget that he's only 28, which apparently... I was going to say he's one of the younger yeah. ones. 
Um, as as Tasha later says, he does carry himself um, beyond his years. And his taste of his hometown is that he set up a cooking date to cook Filipino food, which is very important in his family. His mother is Filipino. And he's like, I'm friends with one of the top Fil- Filipino <laughs> chefs in the world who made a video for us. And of course, it is his adorable niece, Kalani, who is showing them how to make lumpia. I could not handle her. She was, so cute. she is so cute. It, I was like, give this tiny chef her own show. No, that's like kids who cook get me in like some deep place in my soul. Like I can't. When she came on screen, I was like, what are you doing to me tonight? I know. I was like, I'm going to cry again. It's like we're <laughs> supposed to be feeding them, but they are feeding us with their <laughs> tiny little hands. It's so cute. It's also like my dream. It's my dream to end up with a child who can cook. Because, like, I can't really, my boyfriend can't at all. Like, our only hope of, like, good food is just ending up with one of those, like, freak Top Chef kids who's like, yeah, I, I make piccata. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, well, good luck. Uh, I want that, too. <laughs> yeah, that's why Fingers you're raising Max. Um, the Max's first latkes, I assume, were just a preempt to when he starts deep frying things, Claire. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm like, if he watches me deep frying enough latkes, hopefully it will it will just happen naturally. Um, <laughs> be like, I want to. <laughs> um, so Ivan is really disappointed his brother couldn't come. We, we heard about his brother and their close relationship in a previous episode where he talked about how his brother ended up uh, in prison around the time that his daughter was born. And so Ivan has this very close relationship with his niece and he remains incredibly close with his brother. But he also is close with his parents and his dad um, has had cancer twice. He has pulmonary fibrosis. Um, He says, you know, if my dad got COVID, it would basically be a death sentence. So he's like really touched that his dad took the risk of coming all this way. Um, And... They go in and meet his parents. I love that Ivan's mom and Tasha are matching. Uh, Even in her clothes, like, Tasha manages to mirror people in this like uncanny way. Like they're both wearing like orange satin. Also, I'm gonna say not many people can pull off orange satin, and both of them did. Yeah. So hats off to Ivan's mom and Tasha. Yeah, I would never try it. Um, and Ivan's mom pulls Tasha first, and you know talk about how wonderful Ivan is uh his mom is skeptical but Tasha kind of reassures her and uh Ivan's mom just wants his happiness of course uh Ivan's dad uh is older is in his 70s and he brings up Tasha's previous marriage and then says I was married before as well and he wants to know what she learned because he says he learned from his very young marriage he was 24 um what he needed to do it again the next time right and and to have it last and she seems to convince him that she has also done that reflection and is ready um to get married again also, what what a nice question yeah like, that's like a real question a real thoughtful question that speaks to the specificity of her experience not just like a generic like why are you obsessed with my kid? What assurance can you give me that you're not going to hurt my child? It was like, a, it felt like he was really wanting to get to know Tasha, And I enjoyed that. Yeah. And often like people keep bringing up her divorce. And I always like initially like brace that they're going to say something like kind of 
shaming to her and they always uh, are bringing it up to be like well we also have that experience and so it's a point of relationship which is really nice um and Ivan actually tells his mom that he really likes Tasha, but he's not ready to propose. This is like very low key verbiage for a hometown date. Like we haven't gotten I'm falling in love. Um, he's very they much like so I'm much not ready to propose. Time. Yeah, they have had so much like, less time. I mean, what is the timeline at this point? Like how long have they known Tasha? I can tell you the timeline. Filming ended, I believe, by Labor Day. And it started with Claire in mid-July. So all of filming was like six weeks or less. Wow. And Taisha came in after two weeks. So it's only been four weeks. It's been less than four weeks. Less than that. It's been less than four weeks. Yeah, like they... So this is... And that's why they keep saying like over the last few weeks, over the last few weeks. Because it really truly has been a few weeks. Right, because this is an insanely quick process in a normal season where you're also the bachelorette the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. And also normally they have travel days. They have, so it's closer to eight weeks, like the actual film time. You're like, have even more time to sort of marinate with your feelings. Um, But yeah, this is, this is quick. I found it so refreshing that Ivan was like, I see potential. I think I could get there. I I'm not ready to propose to her now, but like if that changes, I just want you to know that I'll have really been thoughtful about making that decision. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's still feeling sad that his brother couldn't make it there. Um, But then a surprise twist, the door opens and in walks Ivan's brother Gabe. Oh man. I was so glad that we got to meet Gabe. Me too. I was so glad, but so mad that I was crying again. <laughs> You're like third bout. Yeah, of I'm tears. like, what are you doing? It's it. It was very emotional. They're they both are. They're clearly very close, and they have a very different demeanor about them. So it was really interesting to see them together and their relationship, and how much it meant to Gabe. Um, to be there you know he's like this is a role reversal normally you're the one who's there for me and I had this opportunity to be there for you and I really oh. had to make it work and um so he's like I'm here to advise I'm like gonna cry right now that's <laughs> I know it was really yeah I also like I, sibling relationships uh are like always get me but they're yeah this one particularly because there's clearly just like they just love each other so much and like watching like I'm I feel like Gabe is probably not a person who's from, like is into Bachelor or you know what I mean like it felt like he he you could feel him feeling a little bit like out of place there and not really knowing what this is but that it was so important to him to like be there for Ivan and to show up for Ivan it just was like oh yeah and yeah. I thought that his conversation uh, with Tasha was really, really lovely. And, you know, he makes a joke. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Ivan told you all the, like, n- negative stuff. And Tasha's like, no, very genuinely. Like, what I've heard is that he's been singing your praises and, like, how much you have impacted him and how important you are to him. And you could tell that that meant a lot to Gabe to hear. Uh, and he, you know, he's – he. No, At one I'm point, crying. Tasha. Yeah. 
at one point, Tasha describes Ivan. She says, you know, I think he would be a great father. He seems so reliable, so loyal. And Gabe says, loyalty, for, for me, like, that's an action word. Um, and I know that my brother will demonstrate that. And I thought that was really beautiful. Like, loyalty is not just a term to throw around in that family. Like, loyalty is, like, really showing up really showing up during the shit. Um, and it, it just, uh, what like, and just another family that I fully adored and wanted to see more of. And yeah, I thought, oh man, was, I just, ugh. I thought there was something really nice and unusual for the show that Gabe was a character in his own right. You know, like we've heard in the past um, stories of, you know, my family member went through some tough stuff. My family member, you know, went through an addiction, ended up in prison, this or that. And it's sort of, you know, just through the way the show is typically structured, it's sort of as a prop, like that is secondary trauma. And so to see him like there, like demonstrating his role in the family and the ways that he is a support to Ivan as well as in reverse, I thought was like a really positive portrayal of, of yes. this kind of family structure. And I just really loved that, that they brought him and seeing how the whole family dynamic operated. It's just, you know, like I, I came into this season being like, whoa, two bachelors, this is going to be fun and crazy. <laughs> and it's just like caught me so off guard how like deep and moving, like, some of this season and particularly this episode was just like, especially like, you know, the world's a crazy place right now. And I feel like the, uh, like, you know, the reminder of how important family is and the people we care about are and like these deep relationships. It just was like, yeah, I was not, I was not quite prepared for Yeah, no, I'm actually te- tearing up again <laughs> just hearing you say that, Erin. Like, we're, none of us are okay. Um, yeah, but I think like, that the context of the pandemic and everything that, you know, went on in 2020 also kind of speaks to the way that we see all of these men bonded with each other, uh, you know, all of them really appreciating all of the, just like the human interaction and their families coming. And there were yeah. multiple times where like the first thing that one of them said to their family was just like, uh, this experience has also made me realize, like, I, I just want to say how much I appreciate and love you as well. Like, yeah, I think we saw that. We saw it with Ivan. We saw it. Did we see with Zach um, as well? With yeah. Zach, yeah. I mean, with Zach. And we also saw it with Brendan and yeah. his brother, actually. Yeah. Like, all of them just showed, like, such a deep, deep appreciation. Um, and it was really, really beautiful. And, which, like, and as, you know, I'm sure a lot of families experience this. You love your families a lot, but there's a lot of history there. And, like, sometimes things become sort of uncomfortable to say. Like, there are things you tiptoe yeah. around because there's scar tissue of different kinds. And so, like, especially that moment when Taisha tells Gabe, you know, your brother was praising you to me, and he seems a little surprised and so touched. And I was like, yeah, sometimes the people who are the most important to you are the hardest to really convince how much you care about them. And to hear that from someone else meant so much to Gabe. And, like, so you see all of them kind of, like coming to this understanding of how they want to express their love to each other in a way that maybe they haven't been able to in the past or haven't been able to take yeah. in in the past. I also beautiful. think because we have actually, these final four, we have actually gotten to know them and we do know 
some of, you know, the harder things that they have gone through, it didn't feel to me like we were getting this like projected image of a quote unquote perfect family, just a family that has like been through families that have been through a lot, families that have seen a lot, families that have lived life and appreciate each other because of those times where perhaps the dynamics were imperfect and when they were in conflict and and when they were like I wonder if like not actually being able to go to the hometown like you are in this like weird hotel lobby so it's just about your relationship it's not about like the house or where you're going or what you can project or the meal you can make or like at the end of the day it was just like these are families yeah Yeah, we also sidestep all of the weird like class stuff that we usually get where it's like who has the biggest home did they have to rent a home to make this family seem richer etc etc um and that was just like an that was nice to not have to deal with that um I am amazed that no one used air quotes when they said hometowns ever but (laughs) they really all committed so welcome to my hometown conference room b um (laughs) So for Ben's date, uh, like Ben, I also was born and raised in Indiana, but feel most myself elsewhere. Uh, For him, (laughs) that place is Venice Beach. And I differ from Ben in that, but I respect it. So they put on rollerblades, as you do in Venice Beach, and they roll down the sidewalk pretending that they're looking at the water. I really was hoping for some like high school theater style, like, two strips of blue fabric, you know. I know. They agitated. really committed for New York, but Venice, they were like, what? We're in Palm Springs. Yeah, they're Close like, it's not that There's far a away. Sidewalk. There's a sidewalk. It's fine. It's basically the beach. Yeah. Um, they stop at what I can only assume is the very same yogurt <laughs> cart, except this time it's a juice shop. <laughs> They take wellness shots. Uh, Which looked very intense. I don't think Tasha liked them. Yeah, she was Someone like, I hope this is it with not. like too much cayenne powder or something. Like these were not mixed in an actual juicery. This is like a producer no. or intern. Yeah, like, like the same guy pouring. who cut out the taxi was like, I guess <laughs> I make wellness shots now. <laughs> yeah, charcoal. Okay, sure. <laughs> Just dump a teaspoon in. Um they uh, then stop finally at the beach, which is, of course, played by the pool. <laughs> played um, by the <laughs> a real star in her own right. <laughs> uh, and Ben tells her, as you know, my life is full of strong, independent, bold, and decisive women. And he'll be meeting his two favorite ones, or she will be meeting his two favorite ones. One is a close family friend named Antonia and his sister Madeline at this point I had seen in the preview a woman who looked very familiar but I was like (laughs) I must be imagining this oh see I uh, on the trailer on Monday night was like that's Antonia LaFaso is she his sister and then at the beginning of the episode when Chris Harrison was like your sister's here Dan and I then embarked on like a, a, a twenty-minute internet dive trying to figure out if Ben was like, Antonia's how are they related? sister. But right. no, apparently, I guess she's a family friend. I also have read that that Ben is actually her trainer because <laughs> that's what he does professionally. Right. But it seems that they were are very very close, and their relationship was super sweet. And I'm not even like a big Top Chef person, and I know who Antonia is. Oh, I am is. So, like Top Chef. I, lo- like, sh- I really like her. I This was very exciting. Yeah, um, Top Chef is, like, my ultimate happy place. 
I, <laughs> I, I like I can't even tell you like I was like Antonio Lafaso, how is this <laughs> happening? Like, and Ben says like you know his parents can't make it because global pandemic and his father's a doctor which seems reasonable and like the correct decision for the public health right but also it is interesting like he is the one person who we've had expressed sort of mixed feelings about his parents um that like he sort of described his childhood as a really tough time and his sister as the one person he really confided in about his mental health um And so, you know, we don't really get to get a further glimpse into his family um, relationship with his parents. But I think that's fine because I just want to hear from Antonia and Madeline. (laughs) And so that night, Ben puts on his dress boat neck, which I love. I love this trend of like men being like, I worked really hard for these like shoulder area muscles. And you're going to see all of them. (laughs) Um, And they head into the hotel lounge to meet the two most important women in his life. And they are both just bouncing off the walls. They are so excited to meet Tasha. Um, and she sits down with Madeline first and is like, he's so perfect and so guarded. I'm a little concerned about how much I don't know about him. And Madeline was like, just trust me. He's not hiding anything. He's great. He's very sensitive gotten hurt in the past so he's just you know like probably got some walls up but like he really just wants to be vulnerable with the right person um so she's like making the hard sell for ben they both seem like really to want this to happen (laughs) oh my god antonia sits down with ben is like look ben you you love her you're in love with her just it was cinematic (laughs) it was like i was like in real in movies people are always like very convinced of what other people feel in a way that I've never experienced in my own life. Like no one's ever been like, Claire, you love him. Like, that's just what you feel. But Antonia gives us that rom-com moment. It was, it was really fantastic. And it it works because Ben is like, I'm not sure. And she's like, no, you love her. You do. And he's like, oh my God, I'm in love with her. Love her. (laughs) The music swells. what, What did you think of seeing Antonia in this role of like confidant and, and romantic, you know, uh, support system. I mean, I thought it was great. Look, like, I I have loved Antonia since her first season of Top Chef because she is, like, a, a, a high-energy, super warm, super real-seeming human. And so, like, it felt like, yeah. I mean, it made, like, it made sense. And also, like, I felt like you could feel this, like, genuine affection for like how excited she and his sister were just when they walked in the room like just to see him like and I also it made me wonder if he's brought back uh, a couple of girlfriends who were not so much fun or lame like the amount that they seemed (laughs) to want this to happen (laughs) they were like she's amazing we love her we love you like lock this shit down They're like, this is the kind of woman that we have wanted to see you with, and we are not letting this slip through our fingers. Like, you love her. Tell her you <laughs> <Yeah>. love her. <laughs> um, and so Ben sits with Tasha afterwards and tries to tell her that he loves her. Oh, and Benny. Fails. Poor Ben. Oh, poor he d- I, was, I think I was typing to Claire on Slack last night while this was happening. I was like, no, Ben, he's choking. He's choking. <laughs> he's not. He can't do it. He can't tell her. And he, like, the thing that was the saddest was that he's, like, in true Ben fashion, I just blew it. I'm like, Ben, sweet soul Ben. Yeah, I mean, he's like, 
listen, I feel really good about things. It's so, it's so easy. Like it's, I don't know. And Tasha's like, and basically she's like waiting for something. She finally is like, we have to go to bed. Um, but I do like, I wonder, you know, like, you know, his dad is a doctor. He was in the military. I just like, you know, I don't know if he grew up learning to express his feelings as freely as some and, of these other dudes. And I also don't know that it would be dispositive. Like, look, Ivan hasn't said that he's in love with her. Yeah, Brendan hasn't right. said that he's in love with her. Zach has only said that he's falling in love with her. Like, I don't think it feels, I'm sure, to Ben like that's what he needed to do. But in the end, I think that it would have been just a band-aid on the fact that she feels more confident about her other three relationships. Yeah. Right. I agree. I think she just feels that gardenness in him and it's just it's sort of a turnoff to her. And yeah. there's just something that's like there but not quite there. Well, especially um, when and you have in these the time three they have other dudes right, exactly. who are like, here's my vulnerable gooey center. Like I'm sure that and Ben has done that to an extent, but just less so. And But it is interesting that the show kind of set it up for us to be like, he blew it. Um, because they don't point out the, the lack of that language with any of the other ones. You know, no one else says, I'm in love with you during their date. But with Ben, they're like, oh, no. Oh, no. He's clearly fucked it up. Like, the music cues were just, like, ominous. It's always a thing on this show that, like, there are some contestants that are actually gonna go all the way to the end like top two they don't need to say I love you typically in the same way um there isn't the same pressure because with someone like Bennett or Ben who's sort of holding on to their place by their fingernails that's like some sort of hook they're throwing up to try to get a firmer purchase and I don't even know that it ever works. Um, we don't know how these decisions are made, really. It's all in the head of the of the lead. But there is this idea that the show advances that, like, if you don't have an extremely solid relationship, if you're not, like, her top person, then saying that you love her might be a way to really kickstart your relationship again. And um, And so we're set up to think that this was his one shot at kind of re re jiggering their and it's their also vibe. like like I, it also is a thing where like if he had been honest about where he was like like I have very strong feelings for you I don't know if I'm ready to say the word love I think there was also something about like whatever that was that did come out <laughs> yeah she could sense that he wasn't saying something yeah and that was probably yeah. the worst thing like better to have that's very her big fear with him yeah. yeah she's like i'm afraid he's guarded and then he was like ah ugh, feelings no <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i think it would have been better to just be like very effusive about how much they loved her and how that made him feel more confident and and to yeah. not give her that sense of a failure to reveal. Right. Because I just think she feels the least confident about how he feels versus the rest of them. Um, so we finally then get to the rose ceremony and Tasha's like, I'm falling in love with all of these guys, but I can't be with all of them. At which point I said to Claire, should she just marry all of them? Should this just be a group living situation? Yeah, they seem to like each other. They like each other. Yeah. <laughs> They're all very nice. She's nice. 
It's the saddest I've ever been. Like I'm I'm like deeply upset about the rest of this season knowing that she can only end up with one of them. I know. I know. Like I'm an embarrassment so of sad. of manly riches yeah. was had here. Like these are men. I love every single one of them. It's just going to be brutal. And it is. Um, it has just been an exercise of all of them like opening up and showing her their their mushiest parts and so it's hard not to feel like they're gonna be so crushed like it sucks um this show is just like is bad like it's hurting people (laughs) Um, and so she finally starts handing out the roses and they go to ivan zach and brendan (sighs) poor ben is so he he acts really graciously he gives her a hug and she's like, he's like, look, you have a great group of guys. Again, love how much these men love each other. And she walks him out and sits him down. And this sort of bothered me. Yes. This whole she scene seems me. she seems to really want him to like be deeply crushed in his soul and to express that. And Ben is a person who has a tough time expressing his emotions. And I think the moment in which any person really reserves the right to be as guarded as they fucking want to be is when they've just been rejected. And he just got rejected on national television. So, like, I don't... I didn't really feel like he owed her some, like, effusive show of regret. I didn't either, but what I... Because I was rubbed wrong, right? But what I was also trying to go with is that, like, I think... Because she said at one point, she was like, I just wanted some indication that, like, these last few weeks, like, haven't been false I also think when you're in that position trusting yourself and the feelings that you're having gets really like gets really hard and so I think his like lack of visible reaction to it made her then doubt whatever feelings she'd been having over the last few weeks I felt like he was in shock I felt like he was too I think I think I understood why she was having that reaction because yeah if you break up with someone that you thought you were in the midst of a very serious relationship with, you want them to seem upset, but you don't really get to get mad no, you at them don't get for not seeming upset. I think she was um, just like, that's where she was a lot of emotional release after that week. Yeah. Yes. And like, look, I've been in that position where I've like dumped someone and been, and tried to extract more emotion from them over it when I was in college. And like, I look back and I'm like, boy, that was a really bad look for me. Like they get to be as chill about it as they want. Cause I just dumped them. Like that's how it works. They get to protect themselves, but you know, she's in a very emotionally raw place. He yeah. is as well and is protecting his own like dignity and feelings at this point. And honestly, I do think he's trying to express that she doesn't have to worry about that without sort of reacting in a way that is unnatural to him. Right. He, he said says, earlier in the episode, I'm he heartbroken. Cry. He says, I'm heartbroken, but I'll be all right. And that's like a very, nor- I, I don't know. I didn't think that that was like an out of the ordinary reaction. I, I says, actually, I think it is because I don't think people, I don't think most people are thoughtful enough to offer you comfort, like when you dump them to be like, you know what, it's True. okay, I'll be okay. And so I think, I don't know. It was definitely one of those where I was like, this is like 
I think she just like wanted to cry and wanted someone to cry with her. Yeah, that's that is fair, and I I do relate. Um, she doesn't have the that. right to I do ask relate for to that, that desire. but I do think that's why it was like it's a very I just, yeah. I was, was upset. I was upset that later in her in the moment on reflecting on this, she says, "I'm not asking for this grand gesture, but the fact that he couldn't give me one ounce of emotion was extremely disappointing," and I thought that was harsh. Yeah, You know, like, I get that she wanted that moment of emotional catharsis with him, like she had with a couple of the other guys who have gone home. I get that she wanted to feel like this meant something to him. But I think he was trying to express to her, like, yes, this is hurting. Yes, I cared for you. That was real. But can this be over? Like, I'll be okay. Let me go. Let me go. Just let me have my, like, grief. Let me get out of here. Yeah, it was more... I also think there was, like, a, a kindness that he was trying to give her of, like, I'll be okay. Like, I think any of these men who have gotten... Yeah, any of these men who have gotten to know Tasha have, like, seen the toll that it takes on her hurting people and, like, how much she doesn't yeah. like doing that. So I also felt like there was a part of him that was trying to be, like, don't worry, you haven't damaged me irreparably, like... I it did make that. me wonder if she almost wanted to be told that she'd like made the wrong decision. Yeah, and, like, wanted him to to come back or something. She like, wanted she, him was, to like, fight. Yeah, and and it's interesting because then we do see in the SUV Ben. He's definitely in shock, and he says he's able to articulate to the producers. He says, you know, I'm in love with her. I thought she was going to be like my wife and the mother of my kids, and if she loved me and thought I didn't love her back then I just blew it that was like there was a part of the exit that made me half expect a preview of him coming back in the next episode I don't know if that's actually happening but I've actually heard it like surmise that that might be happening because apparently in some previous promo there was like a scene of him or a conversation yes in the previous week's promo yeah that we didn't actually see so either it's something they cut or he does come back but that's how the exit felt like it was edited to me was yeah this isn't actually over yeah there's there does seem like there's something unresolved because she wanted more from him and he wanted to have said more before he left and um, I would be a little surprised if they left it that way, although they could always, of course, have them get some closure on after the final rose. That's true. Um, remains but to be seen. Usually they preview if someone's coming back. Oh, we don't. I don't know. I, also, like, who, guys, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows what's happening next week? I guess we're just going to have to wait for the action-packed two-night finale we're getting oh, in a week. Guys. I know, so Claire. We we will be doing two episodes. Aaron, thank you so much for slogging through this. <laughs> not even slogging. Crying through this beautiful emotional journey that we have all been on together. I mean, look, I think it was also, I feel like there have been a lot of times where I've been on this show where I have not been the biggest fan of um, The Bachelor. <laughs> You Ari. mean Peter? Uh, oh, Peter Ari as well. Yeah. Like where yeah. I like, I think it's good for listeners to know that I also have a gooey heart. I don't just hate all of these people all the time. <laughs> Look, we're humans. We love some people and we hate yeah, others. Yeah, I'm not, not a Tasha. I don't love everyone. 
That's fair. But you do we love can't... some people, and all of these men yeah. and their families are people that you love and that we yeah, love. and I and love like... them like fiercely now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you will protect them at all costs, and you know this is like the gooey end of season energy that I love that we get to have on this show. Like that's where the loving part of the lovingly snark comes in. <laughs> yeah, we get to love sometimes. We get to love not sometimes, just, snark. just not usually yeah. this many at the same exactly. time. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's a confusing feeling. Um, like Tasha, I too have fallen in love with multiple people, and it's going to be difficult for me. It's going to be yeah. really hard. It's going to be a really hard last two episodes. <laughs> yeah, and I I love all of you as well, and I love this time that we had together, and I hope we can do it again soon. Maybe when Matt James' season starts yeah. in like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> No rest for the weary. And now it's time for Feminism Fails. And blessedly, because these men are angels, as are their family members, um, we really didn't have much. Just beautiful, tender boys hugging each other and whispering words of affirmation into each other's ears. Except for that whole thing in the middle where Yosef came back and everything he said was a five on the Feminism Fail scale. Um... Yosef really ruined our little beautiful interlude, um, but we do have to acknowledge his outstanding misogyny and just fives all around for Yosef. Really knocked it out of the park on the feminism fail scale. He, He may have broken the scale, but we soldier on and thank goodness, um, last night's episode really just like acted as a beautiful salve for, for my sweet, sweet feminist soul. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Aaron Dark, and our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Here to Make Friends Pod. And you can follow us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week twice to recap the Christmas week finale of The Bachelorette. Oh, 2020, another gift. 